breakthroughs don't need to take months. You should begin to see changes in four weeks or less. Stephen Wright. She used to deliver babies, but now she delivers exceptional wellness for women. Welcome to her Brilliant Health Radio, where holistic women's health expert and board-certified OBGYN, Dr. Kieran Dunstan, shares revolutionary insight from leading experts on what you need to know today to treat the root cause of disease, heal, and create the radiant health you've been searching for. Lean in and get ready to experience the bountiful, blissful, and beautiful vitality that you deserve. and welcome back to another episode of Her Brilliant Health Revolution. The revolution continues. You guys loved my guest, Stephen Wright from June so much that I had to have him back. He is as passionate about gut health as I am and he is a wealth of knowledge. So you're gonna love this interview. And like he says, health breakthroughs don't need to take months. You should begin to see changes in four weeks or less. And he knows how to help you do that. So I'll tell you a little bit about him and then we'll get started. Stephen Wright is a gut health specialist and the founder of HealthyGut.com. After spending close to $400,000 to overcome his own health challenges, he trained at the Kalish Functional Medicine Institute and is passionate about sharing his knowledge about the importance of gut health to overall health with others. Welcome back, Stephen Wright. Thank you, Dr. Kieran. Thanks for having me back. Well, we had a great conversation last time. People found it so informative and inspiring. And I know you are so passionate about gut health, and it really is the center of your physical health. I'm all about hormones, but you know, the gut health ties into the hormones directly with your cortisol. And so you've got to get gut health right. So this is right up my alley. And we're diving in today into leaky gut repair when probiotics and enzymes don't work. I know last time we talked about the beauty of digestive enzymes and how to use them properly to help heal your gut health, but sometimes that's just not enough. So why might that be? Some people listening probably say, well, I've tried probiotics, I've tried enzymes, I'm still having a problem. What's going on there? Yeah, well, I mean, there could be a lot of things going on, but Usually what's happened at this point is that you have a leaky gut is most likely, and that could be secondary to an infection of some type. You know, there could be some sort of damage that's happened due to maybe celiac disease or non- gluten or non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So basically there's likely a erosion in the actual structure and function of the small intestine and the large intestine. And that can include the microbiome being disrupted. And so it's it's really common, honestly, uh, especially if you have hormone issues, you know, our hormones control our immune systems, they help. We, I think we, last time we talked about how hormones are related to stomach acid and, and how they can help with that. And so if you've had hormone disruption for a while, if you've had GI issues, there's a strong possibility that your small intestine may now be leaky or your large intestine may now be leaky and your you could have some overgrowth of some type. You know what? I'm just realizing that we jumped right into leaky gut and some people are going leaky. What? Like, what is that? <laughs> is it like your bathroom faucet is leaking? So let's just back up and say, what is leaky gut? Yeah. Yeah. So leaky gut is a, uh, basically your gut is one layer thick of, of cells. It's kind of like your skin, but your skin is seven layers thick. Your gut is one layer thick. And 
there's like essentially rubber bands that connect your cells together and they open and close allowing things to go in and out of your cells now that's how it's supposed to work it should open and close when when the body needs to to move things around leaky gut is when those rubber bands get chronically stuck open or the cells are so damaged the mucus barrier is so damaged that basically whatever's inside your gut which could be toxins it could be just pieces of beef or strawberries or who knows what just whatever is floating around in there is able to pass directly into your lymphatic system into the gut there and then that of course triggers an immune response both locally and then systemically and that localized inflammation causes more typically more cell death and destruction to the cells around it more of the gut cells and you get this chain of events where basically stuff that should be outside your body, meaning that it's not yet in the bloodstream and, and it's actually inside your body, but it's it's inside the, the tube of your gut, is to able to freely flow into the body. And we don't want that. Yeah, you mentioned GALT. Can you explain to everyone what that is? Yeah, so that's the gut-associated lymphoid tissue. And I'm not an immune specialist yet, but essentially it's an acronym basically talking about the entire tissue and the surrounding immunology around the gut wall. And so there's some space in between that that wall I was just talking about of one layer full of cells. And right behind that is this sort of space in which we have a bunch of immune cells. We have, I think, what, B cells. We have natural killer cells. We've got all kinds of cells in there. And so the, this tissue area is where that 80% of your immune system actually resides. Yeah, it's so important that everybody gets what you're saying, how important the gut is. Most people think that your gut is inside your body, which technically it is, but it really is a tube that welcomes in the outside environment. So when you eat food, you're consuming the outside environment, but that tube is kept separate from the rest of your body. And so really it's an external environment. And everybody says that your largest surface area with the external environment is your skin. And I say, no, 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 wait a minute. It's actually your gastrointestinal tract. Because if you lay it all out, it's as big as two doubles tennis courts and you're taking the external environment and putting it inside there and it really is an external environment and that's how your body views it. So your immune system that's like your body's military and designed to protect you against outside invasion is centralized around your gut and this gall, gut-associated lymphoid tissue, is key to that. And so when you're trying to improve immune system function and hormonal function, you've got to heal the gut. So I love your explanation about these rubber bands between the cells. And when they get loose, then things leak out and you don't really want broccoli and strawberries floating around in your peritoneal cavity. You want it in the gut tube. And so your gut is leaking these things when it you have something called leaky gut. How does somebody know they have leaky gut? Well, there are tests that you can do. So you can, you know, you, you probably do the test. Do, do you do leaky gut testing, permeability yeah. testing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there, most functional medicine doctors do, you know, permeability testing. That's one way to do it. But the symptomology of it is such that you can have a pretty good indication of having leaky gut if you have certain symptomology. And so one of those symptomologies is food sensitivities. It's almost impossible to have, unless you have a true 
food allergy, like a like an anaphylactic shock style allergy. That's different. But but if you have reactions to foods, that means that the food is either triggering mast cells in your gut to release a bunch of histamine in your gut, the inner part of that area around the gut is going crazy, or those proteins from those foods are actually getting through the gut lining. Your immune system is tagging those proteins with antigens, and you're building this sort of immune complex that your body is now identifying these foods as bad things. So you can't really have ongoing food sensitivities that show up on tests without having leaky gut. The pathology is such that it would be very hard for that to happen. Also, if you have any sort of diagnosed immune condition, autoimmune condition, the belief at this point in time, unless it's changed in the last year or so, is that the only way for that to happen is, again, leaky gut is the first domino to fall before the autoimmune process begins. Now, that, that doesn't mean that you know, for the rest of your life, you have leaky gut if you have an autoimmune condition. But if you're recently diagnosed or if you are experiencing flare-ups, there is a decent probability that you are experiencing leaky gut in that moment. You're absolutely right. And, you know, just what came to my mind as you were talking is that most people don't realize if you have leaky gut, you've got leaky brain also, right? So what happens in one area in the body transfers to others. And when you've got leaky membranes going on in the gut, you've got it in your brain and you're predisposed to brain difficulties as well. And then yes, there are tests you can do like zonulin testing and permeability testing that doctors can order. But you know, it's interesting in my gut rehab and detox program, the ladies are going through, I actually don't have them do the zonulin on the, the gut test that they do. And they're all saying, well, why don't you? And the reason why is if you've got the problems you're talking about, like food sensitivities, and you've got in low-grade infections that you know, really you have to heal the gut regardless of whether you have leaky gut or not. And so like with menopause, I say it doesn't matter what you call it, it's what your hormone levels are. So with gut dysfunction, it's what is causing the gut dysfunction and not necessarily do I have leaky gut or not. If you have dysfunction, gut dysfunction is kind of on a continuum. And so you've got to heal your gut regardless. So it doesn't almost doesn't matter if what you call it is a leaky gut or not. You cannot have leaky gut and still have gut problems. So let's dive into, you mentioned histamine a bit ago, and uh, we had Dr. O'Hara on the podcast, and she kind of dive very deeply into histamine issues. But mention a little bit more about that. And I know before we started recording, you were talking about FODMAP intolerance. Can you start talking a little bit about how histamine and food intolerances wrap into this? Yeah, so I got really excited. So I've been you know, researching leaky gut and looking at papers on leaky gut since about 2012 and just totally fascinated. And like I was talking about the the rubber bands, which is the tight junctions, which is zonulin and occludin and I think Claudin's another one. But that's really what I thought leaky gut was all about. So before we get to histamine, we have to talk about one thing that I feel like is the most overlooked or underappreciated part of the gut, which is the mucus barrier. Mm -hmm. And I really, at this point, based on some new research I found in the last year, I don't know that leaky gut is actually able to happen without a breakdown in the mucus barrier because the mucus barrier is supposed to be this sort of like thick bouncer that sort of separates all that content that's quote unquote outside of our body, but inside of our body from that one layer of cells in those tight junctions. And so if the mucus pathways or the mucus lining gets degraded in certain areas due to an infection, an injury, 
maybe hormone disruption long-term, you're, you know, you're thin out your mucus lining, something like that. Then I think it makes it possible for that, the contents inside of your gut that shouldn't be able to touch those cells like mast cells. It makes it much easier for the mast cells to have access to things inside your gut, triggering more or excessive histamine release on a regular basis. Yeah, that layer is very important. And so you definitely want to tend to it by having healthy digestion from the top to the bottom, which always starts with what I call food foreplay. (laughs) You got to have good food foreplay before you eat. And so how does this work in with histamine difficulties? So these mast cells, are, are, and histamine is so important for like all kinds of things in the body. So it's not that you want like no histamine. You just want proper histamine release and proper histamine regulation. And definitely people should go listen to, you know, Beth O'Hara's talk with you. She's amazing. She's a good friend of mine and she can cover it in full detail. But in general, what we should have is a proper regulation of histamine and we don't want an over-regulation. And so there's lots of reasons why your mast cells can get like able to be triggered or be more on a heightened sensitivity. And it appears at this point in time that having a proper mucosal barrier helps with that, but also having proper short-chain fatty acid production inside the gut. It Butyrate is one of the short-chain fatty acids and it regulates mast cells, keeping them in that sort of like histamine zone of tolerance so that they don't fall out of it one way or the other. Let's talk about butyrate. So what is butyrate and where is it and how does what does it do? Yeah, so if, if you've heard about MCTs or medium chain triglycerides, butyrate is a short chain fatty acid. So it's sort of like a short chain triglyceride. It's a shorter molecule than MCT. And butyrate is one of several that happen in your colon, uh, your upper large intestine, and your lower small intestine. It's about 80% in your upper large intestine, like maybe 15, 20% in your lower small intestine. This is where the actual microbiome is. Everybody talks about the microbiome like it's maybe everywhere in your gut. And the truth is, it's mostly in the large intestine. And part of what the microbiome is really supposed to be up to is turning your fiber, your vegetables, your broccoli into butyrate. Butyrate is the most common of the short-chain fatty acids, and it has the most systemic benefits and local benefits that researchers have found so far. And so, you know, you've probably heard, and you you talk about it all the time on the podcast, about eat your vegetables, eat your vegetables. And, (laughs) you know, there's lots of reasons to eat them, but I think one of the most underappreciated reasons is that we need that fiber to fuel that microbiome, to turn it into butyrate. Without that process happening, you do all kinds of things. You start to destroy the oxygen content in the colon, which makes it harder for a healthy microbiome to exist. The colon cells prefer butyrate to run on. That's actually their preferred fuel source. So you start to cause inflammation and degradation in the colon cells. There's systemic benefits to butyrate. So right now there's research trials going on for the brain, for Alzheimer's. There's research trials going on for osteoporosis. There's research trials going on for asthma. There's all kinds of crazy systemic benefits. It's kind of like, I'm trying to tell people it's kind of like magnesium. Like they say, take your magnesium because it affects like 300 plus trans, <laughs> you know, like transactions or something in the body. Butyrate's very close to that in my study so far. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so 
people who are wanting to, you can test butyrate. I know some people are wondering, well, how do I know? It can be tested. I find that a lot of people, most of us are deficient. And so eating your vegetables, tending to your microbiome garden, as I like to call it, and making sure that you have healthy bacteria in there and getting rid of any abnormal bacteria, fungi, parasites, things like that is key. What have you found in terms of supplementing? I know that we talked last time about digestive enzymes, really the right digestive enzymes can do wonders for a gut. And what are your findings with butyrate? Ideally, when you look at the research, you can't really eat it. And like butter has the highest amount of butyric acid in all of the kingdom that we live in, but you can't really eat it and absorb that butyric acid. So you have to make it like that is the goal. This is how the process should work. You should eat a lot of fibrous fermentable fibers, including hopefully starches, if that works for your blood sugar and your hormones and everything. And then your microbiome, if it has the right species in it, um, it will degrade that fiber and then butyrate producers will ferment it and create this. So if that process is happening, really all you need to do is increase your prebiotics and your fermentable matter, basically. And so that could include various types of prebiotics, you know, partialized hydrolysized guar gum is one of them. Resistant starches is another one. But you have to have the right microbiome makeup, which is where basically I feel like we failed the patient population at this point. And I don't know that we actually understood it until about a year ago or so that you always see these variances, right? You could give guar gum to somebody and they have an amazing improvement in their house and, and somebody else can't even tolerate a pinch of it. And the same is true with resistant starch and many other prebiotics. And I think the key to that, understanding that is what is the microbiome makeup? Can the, are the species that are supposed to ferment that, are they actually present? And sadly, what I'm finding is that oftentimes they're not. They weren't for me personally. And in our, in our consumer group, our customer group, that's really what we're finding. And so you can do you know, stool testing to figure out the species. You're looking for things like acromancia. You're looking for F. prow. I can't remember. I can't pronounce the whole thing yet. Clostridium, XIVA, Roseberia, these are the, the species that you want to see high on a, on a stool test that most people are pretty deficient in. And so then we end up in this scenario where the best intervention tends to be just getting exogenous butyrate, just doing the full butyrate supplement, because that will stabilize the gut and then allow the microbiome to change over time and rebuild itself. Yeah, with the probiotics, it's really challenging because we only have a few varied species available in probiotics. And like, I don't think there is an acromancia probiotic. So a lot of these species, when they're low, we don't have like designer targeted probiotic therapies yet. I'm sure that's coming. And as people uh, develop these various probiotics, you know, what everyone needs to understand is it costs a lot of money to do the research to prove that your probiotic strain actually has efficacy. And, you know, that makes it a very kind of tortuous road to get it approved for certain indications. And so the whole way our, our system is set up, it kind of discourages people from creating things like targeted probiotic therapy, which makes it challenging. And so sometimes the easiest thing is to just bypass that and take the butyrate. Although if you clean up your gut in general, your species should normalize, I will say that. 
You mentioned there are trials using butyrate for osteoporosis. You mentioned to me before we started recording for parathyroid and T regulatory cell differentiation and all these things. Tell me, tell us, how does butyrate, how is it involved with these processes? Yeah, so about 95% of butyrate is consumed by the colonite or colon sites, the colon cells. When they do that, they consume a bunch of oxygen out of the colon and create a low oxygen environment, which is what we want for a really healthy microbiome. The other 5% goes systemic. And of that, it kind of goes to the liver. Some of it's metabolized. It's used for energy. We find that in, in obesity, people have low butyrate and low short-chain fatty acid production. So there's some thoughts that you know using butyrate for weight loss could be a possibility. The, the trials yet haven't really been done there, so I'm not saying that that's true yet. But what it ends up doing is it, it goes systemic. And so the vagus nerve and the portal vein go, go right up to the brain. And we know that zonulin and tight junctions are in the blood-brain barrier, and the same thing that's in the in the gut barrier. And so there is ongoing work right now around getting butyrate up into the brain. And could that help with diseases of aging like Alzheimer's, dementia, things like that? No word yet. But in rat and mice studies, we do know that the rat and mice, they tend to have better sleep. They get like way more non-REM deep sleep. They end up having like better recall and like they do mazes better and things like that when you give butyrate to them. And then in humans, there's been studies on things like asthma and sort of the allergic reaction in the the lining of the, the, the lining of the yes, yes, right. that. So butyrate seems to somehow like basically help the expression of the immune system in the lungs. And the same thing is happening in the bones. So in the galt around the microbiome, when the butyrate goes in there, it preferentially regulates T reg cells. And T reg cells are sort of like the ones that are going around making sure everybody's okay. Like they kind of keep the peace, but then they also specialize. And one of the things that they are very important for is creating parathyroid hormone. And so the Treg cells stimulate parathyroid and the parathyroid is part of the osteo osteoblasts and creating basically more bone or slowing bone loss. And so in mice right now, they've given butyrate to these mice and it either stops the bone loss and in some cases restarts bone creation in older mice, which is really cool. And again, it's mice studies. We have no idea if it'll translate to humans, but just the fact that butyrate is so important for humans at this point, and we do have a lot of research on IBD, IBS, things like that for butyrate in humans, and the results have been so stellar that there's, I mean, there's solid indications that some of this is gonna continue to transfer over into humans. We'll be right back after this short message from our sponsor. Hey there, it's Dr. Kieran. I'm just wondering how long you're gonna go with those unbalanced hormones. I mean, you told me during the Stop the Menopause Madness Summit that you couldn't take it anymore. So where have you been? Since the summit, Deb M has already balanced her hormones, gotten to her goal weight, and is looking forward to wearing her bathing suit on the beach this summer. And Carrie, who hadn't been able to lose even five pounds in the past 10 years, has now lost an amazing 15 pounds and is feeling and looking great. Not to mention, she's sleeping better and her mood has improved. Aaron, Ashley, Debsy, and so many more are already enjoying the benefits of having balanced hormones. 
And I'm wondering if you could use some help finding out your personal hormone levels and knowing exactly what to do to balance your hormones so that you can lose weight, regain energy, balance your moods, feel sexy and confident, look great and master midlife or whatever you want to do. Know that all health begins with balanced hormones. Everything you want in life begins here and nothing good ever comes from tolerating hormone imbalances. We're launching the Hormone Balance Mastermind again this July, so don't wait. Space is limited, and it will be months before we run this program again. Go to www.midlifemetabolisminstitute.com to apply for the program or get on the early bird wait list so that as soon as registration opens, you can be the first to apply and secure your spot. If you've had enough and you want to find out how good life can be once your hormones are balanced, I know I'll see you there. Talk to you soon. And we're back. We've got barriers all over our body, like in the blood-brain barrier and the gut barrier, like you're talking about with bones. So every system has to have some type of boundary. And it's sounding like butyrate is involved with boundaries. And, <laughs> you know, I always teach my ladies that, um, you know, boundaries that you have in your life and your relationships really reflect in the body too. That's occurring to me. So I'm always talking to them about if you have bad relationships in, ba- in uh, boundaries and relationship, I often find those people are the ones who have leaky gut. And so I say, you know, firm up your boundaries in your relationships and watch what happens because as in the energetic field is in the physical field. So that just just occurred to me, but that's really exciting information. What else should we know about butyrate and leaky gut? We know a few things. Number one, we know that Supplementing with butyrate upregulates MUC2 genes, which are the mucin-producing genes, which helps repair all the mucosal pathways. We know that in humans, it is anti-inflammatory to the gut lining. We know that it improves tight junctions in the gut lining. There's research showing it protects against alcohol-induced, you know, basically damage and inflammation. So they, you know, they give one set of mice a bunch of alcohol, they give the other set of mice butyrate and alcohol, and they don't have leaky gut after that. There's also research on overcoming the anti, or when you give antibiotics, it basically one of the thoughts is that because you're destroying so many species of gut bacteria, you actually raise the oxygen level in the microbiome, which again causes dysbiosis. And we've tried to use probiotics. There's been many, many trials over the last 10 years trying to figure out like, well, if we give antibiotics and probiotics at the same time, shouldn't it repair the gut microbiome or the gut lining faster? And all the research has been really disappointing, honestly. It's been it's been sad, like for everybody. But new research with mice right now using butyrate along with the antibiotic, the microbiome is bouncing back way faster and not getting as damaged. And again, one of the beliefs there is that the butyrate keeps the oxygen level low so the species are able to come back faster. And so that's another really cool potential use case here for this stuff. That's fascinating. And the alcohol that you mentioned, most people don't realize that alcohol is a 
toxic to the gastrointestinal lining and to your liver. It is a toxin and it can kill you. And so I love hearing that, what you're describing. And that's fascinating about the antibiotics because all the time we think, oh, if we just give the replenish the probiotics and the microbiome that we're getting the job done, but maybe not, it sounds like. So that is key. Well, was this a big part of your health journey and healing your gut? I had started hearing about butyrate a couple of years ago, and I had tried various sodium butyrate products. Um, basically, butyric acid, it smells like terrible vomit or like feet, depends on, it depends on who you are and what your smell is like, but it's nasty, whatever, whatever, whatever your smells like, you won't like it. And it's kind of hard to work with and expensive to make. And so the simplest way to work with it is to turn it into a salt. So you make something like sodium butyrate or calcium magnesium butyrate. And this helps stabilize it and makes it cheaper and easier to work with. And so I had tried some of these butyrates because I just read the research and I didn't get a lot of benefit. I was always so excited about it and I didn't see a lot of benefit. There is a lot of human studies with sodium butyrate showing benefit, you know, upwards of 50 plus percent of participants responding, which is really high in a supplement trial, even a drug trial, honestly. But I didn't really get anything. And then I've had a really hard couple years here, including just a, a lot of stress with family illnesses, uh, big family changes, moving, buying a new house, losing friends, like just a lot of stress. And I got in my gut really healthy. And then all that stress just took me out. And I was kind of spiraling. I was back to having like massive bloating. And that's sort of where I came up with the HCL guard and the holozymes and things like that. But I was still struggling with food sensitivities, with bloating, and I couldn't quite figure it out. And it was through more digging and more research that I stumbled upon tributyrin supplements, which tributyrin is a butyric acid bonded by a fat molecule, a glycerol molecule. This is like the new class of butyrates. Up until a couple of years ago, this wasn't really possible. The technology did not exist. And so Pure Encapsulations made a sun butyrate product uh, a couple of years ago, they came out with it. And it was one of the first big breakthroughs in allowing tributyrin supplementation for humans because it's definitely pharmacokinetically way better than sodium butyrate. Studies in animals show that the same dose of oral tributyrin versus IV sodium butyrate has the same effect or greater with the oral tributyrin. So the tributyrin molecule in general through like four or five studies now is potentially safer and much more effective than sodium butyrate, but it's been really hard to use. And so it's only been in the last few years that they've created these new products, whether it's a liposomal product or like our product, we actually put it in an enteric capsule to protect it from oxygen and our smell and all that stuff. And so, yeah, using tributyrin supplements, I was able to really have a massive breakthrough in bloating and sort of those low-grade inflammation leaky gut symptoms, you know, where like I'd love to have a little cheese or or something like that, but I would just get immediately bloated or have a little acne or something from it. And using these tributyrin supplements, I've been able to, honestly, I, I have a pretty, almost like a 90-10 diet now. I'm not as strict as I used to be around staying away from dairy or even gluten. Interesting. 
I will affirm that uh, butyrate stinks for sure. Even when you, it comes in capsules in a bottle, it stinks. And that was my history also when I had my first stool test, I think my butyrate was low. And so I did take butyrate, but I was doing so many things I couldn't distinguish was helping. But that's fascinating about the tributyrin. And so more efficacy, maybe it's getting down to the colon because it's got to go a long way from your mouth down to your colon to stay intact and not be absorbed or degraded to be efficacious. But it sounds like this compilation that they've created is working better, correct? Yeah, so basically salts are absorbed really rapidly in the upper gastrointestinal tract. So sodium butyrate, when it makes it through the stomach, first it has to make it through stomach acid, which there's a lot of products out there with acid-resistant capsules, but it gets absorbed really quickly in the upper intestinal tract. Tributyrin needs lipase to begin to break apart. And so just by the sheer fact that it needs lipase, it's going to be more time-released because of that. It's going to bounce around in your gut lower and lower just due to the fact that it needs some lipase to be released and then be absorbed. And so it becomes this sort of like, it's just a superior molecule based on our physiology. Now, there's plenty of research that suggests that we don't need to get butyrate all the way to the colon for it to work. It does have systemic benefits sort of top to bottom, but that's the key. You want to try to get it to cover as much of the intestinal tract as you can. So it's not that taking sodium butyrate is not going to provide benefit or that tributyrin only works because it's getting it to the, the colon because we, you know, my company hasn't done that kind of research trials yet. And I don't know any company that's actually proven that yet with the tributyrin supplements. But what is key is that you don't deliver a bunch of salt into the intestinal tract, which could inhibit microbiome or it could cause microbiome issues as well as electrolyte imbalances. And you do get a, a more time-released version of it. And then for whatever reason, the pharmacokinetics change inside the blood. And, and we don't quite yet know why, but it does appear that all the animal trials show that the blood levels of butyrate are higher with tributyrin versus IV sodium butyrate at the same dosage, which is, again, wild data. The other good thing about tributyrin in humans is that early on, butyrate seems to be very helpful for regulating epigenetics surrounding cancer. And so there was a lot of hype in the 90s around whether or not we could use butyrates to treat cancer. And pretty much all the trials failed. But what that did mean is that they we have safety data on tributyrin, but not on sodium butyrate to this level, but they took several patients up to like 42,000, 43,000 milligrams a day oral tributyrin. And basically the side effects were like upset tummies, constipation, some a little blood dysregulation, blood glucose dysregulation. So to have that kind of safety data in humans proven is also super helpful and worthwhile. Yeah, that's really interesting. And have you had any patients or clients who really this was a game changer for them that you want to share about? Yeah, I mean, I get excited about a lot of things. I really do. I love I love <laughs> new and exciting things. I have never seen a product be this close to a just a breakthrough. I don't want to use any of the other big words out there and set people's expectations up too high. But I do want people to know that there's a new class of supplements in town. 
And these tributarin supplements are game changers for many, many clients and customers of ours. And the majority of the breakthroughs are in a couple classes of people. And so one of them is your loose stools, the people who are diarrhea dominant, that's where they head and maybe they've never had a form stool in their life. We have, we now have over 10 case reports of people who had never had a form stool in their entire life using Tributor X, which also has no smell, by the way. Our Tributor X has no smell. We're able to eliminate that within a true enteric capsule. So just for the record, we've solved that issue as well. But we're talking about, I've tried to solve these types of cases in the past and pretty much always had to use a, a ton of different things from curcumins and enzymes and just a ton of things to try to get someone's stools to form up. And the results we're seeing with those loose stool people who are chronically malabsorbing things, it's been really remarkable for those groups. That's amazing. Because yes, there are those people that you do what I call all the things. And most people will get better, but every now and then there's somebody who they might do well for a while and then they fall off. And I don't know if they're they're sneaking gluten and dairy on the side, which if you heard me talk, those are highly inflammatory and usually the number one and two culprit in your gut problems. So if you haven't done that, get rid of those first and see what happens. (laughs) Right? And then alcohol too, I'd say, is in there in the top three. So it's really revolutionary. And I think, you know, doing the food foreplay, attending to your vagal tone so you have good salivary production, chewing your food, taking, if you need it, HCL for your stomach acid, digestive enzymes like we talked about last time, probiotics for sure, prebiotics, eating your veggies, and then checking out butyrate, I think is definitely something people should look into. The other group of people that are seeing remarkable results is those histamine, food sensitivity, and like restricted diet people. So I'm with you, diet comes number one. Like number one, start to do your energetic work, your trauma work, your emotional work, and your diet work. None of this stuff is really gonna help. It's just gonna be a crutch without that stuff. That's the foundations of all of this. But for those people who begin to remove foods and they remove the dairy and the gluten and the alcohol, but they just keep reacting, they keep reacting, they keep having joint inflammation and you know, whatever, skin issues, things, whatever your your issues are. I've never seen anything this quickly basically firm up the leaky gut issue and be able to tolerate. So like one person in our, a customer of ours, went to the hospital with a histamine reaction to strawberries in February of last year, like literally had to go to the hospital, get like EpiPen and a saline bag and whatever else they gave her. At Thanksgiving last year after being on our products, and again, results may vary, this doesn't solve any actual problems, all the disclaimers, but she had a glass of red wine at Thanksgiving with her family, which is super histamine. Like, you know, red wine yeah. is a big time no-no if you have histamine issues. And she was able to drink that glass of red wine with her family on Thanksgiving. And I've never seen anything like this when it comes to people who are stuck with FODMAPs and they they can't reintroduce them. They just keep testing new FODMAPs, they, they get super stuck. We have people doubling their diets in six to eight weeks, like doubling the, um, the amount of tolerated foods, essentially. It's always taken like a lot of supplements for these people that are harder to heal 
types. And I've never seen one thing like this just be so revolutionary for so many different types of, of gut issues. That's awesome. And can you just mention and tell everyone what FODMAP is? Because some people are going, what is he saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So FODMAPs, it's an acronym again. And essentially, the acronym describes a bunch of carbohydrates. So one thing about IBS and digestive issues is, is that typically it's a, a problem with carbohydrate digestion and absorption. And so FODMAP stands for fermentable oleosaccharides, disaccharides, polyols, which are sugar alcohols, and I might be forgetting one in that acronym. But It's okay. That's good enough. <laughs> it's, it's an it, alphabet soup diet. It's your complex carbohydrate molecules, basically, and then sugar alcohols. And basically, all the, the studies show that if you have somebody with IBS, you remove FODMAPs for a little bit, typically symptoms get better, but then you cause dysbiosis, you cause a reduction in butyrate production, and you cause actually long-term detrimental changes to the gut lining after like 8 to 12 weeks of it. And so if you're going to reduce things like FODMAPs, which include like garlic and onions and cruciferous vegetables and different things like that, you want to reintroduce them as quickly as your body can handle them. And I've, you know, struggled with the people who can't complete that until Tributerin X. That's very interesting. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. I love talking with you. You are a wealth of knowledge and I love your passion for gut health. I hope everybody hears it and receives it because you really got to know that your gut is the center of your body, literally, and it is the center of your health figuratively. So if you don't get your gut right, it's going to be impossible to get anything else right, your weight, your sleep, your hormones, everything. So you've got to get your gut right. And thank you so much, Stephen, for sharing this information. It's going to help somebody and probably a lot of somebody's today. We will have a link to your website in the notes. And I know some people are thinking, I want to try the Butyrate Tributerin X. And we will have a link. And I think you've got also a coupon code for a discount. So we'll have that as well. And any last things you want to share? Just know that if you are on the constipated type, I know we talked a lot about loose stools today. All the studies so far on constipation and butyrate, it shows that constipated people also have low short-chain fatty acid production and low butyrate. Our experience has been that people who are constipated do benefit from Tributerin X and butyrate supplementation, but you have to go really slow and you have to go in a much, much lower dosage. And then something seems to happen around a shift in the gut motility and the microbiome after like eight to 12 weeks of like really slow. Like I'm talking like you start with like one pill every third day. And then something happens in the gut where the ecosystem begins to remodel and people have some really cool changes with their constipation at that point. So it's just more of a slam dunk and it's a much more straightforward intervention for the loose stools, but I'm not leaving you, you constipated people out. That's actually more <laughs> of my gut. I tend to go that way. I just think that, yeah, my belief is, and I guess we can timestamp this when this podcast goes live, is that where we think like probiotics, everybody knows about probiotics now. I use them, you use them, everybody uses them. In two years from now, butyrates and short-chain fatty acids are going to be what we're talking about. And probiotics are going to have very special, specific use cases based on the strain and the amount that's in each capsule. And this idea of just blanket big bombs of probiotics is going out the window. That's It didn't really produce the results we wanted over the last 10 years. And instead, we're going to get those results using short-chain fatty acid manipulation and butyrates. And then we're going to bring in the probiotics later 
to manipulate certain types of things in the body, including your immune system, your brain, your weight, things like that. So that's the future. That's why I'm so excited about butyrates. I think that'll be fascinating when we have designer probiotics and you actually, you know, can order a capsule with certain strains for certain applications and really seed your garden with the plants that you want. And, but I hear you, this, this is the future. And I love that we're always evolving into what can help us to heal and live better lives. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media and send it to someone who would benefit from it. If you love the show and really want to support it, please go to iTunes, write a review and subscribe. This helps other women find us so that they too can heal and enjoy brilliant health. I've got a gift for you. If you take a screenshot of your review, Post it on your social media and tag me. I'll send you a special surprise right to your inbox. Thank you so much for joining me. And remember, healing and getting optimally healthy isn't magic, it's science.